0: Welcome to Socially Distanced. On this episode, we have Alden and Rachel. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, thanks for having us.
0: So like with a lot of guests, at least in the first handful of episodes, I know Alden, I just met Rachel uh, virtually, but I've known Alden for a long time. I don't even know when we met somewhere in middle school, but I think my strongest memories are high school and Mm -hmm. we haven't talked in a while. And like most of these interactions, something on social media around what's happening with coronavirus and the pandemic caught my eye and you were in Spain.
1: Yeah, that's right. In Madrid.
0: In Madrid. And you said it with a distinction. So I'm interested in hearing about this, but yeah, you started telling stories about like the lockdown and it was interesting to sort of see the personal story beyond the news story that we were getting in the U S. And then it, it's, it sounds like things escalated and now you're back in the U S. Right. And so I, I'd love to start there sort of, you were in another country, what was going on in the journey back and we'll get into some other things.
1: Definitely. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I remember a couple of months ago when, so we're both doing a master's of education program, a teach and learn program in Spain. Uh, so we, are i'm saying present because we're still teaching virtually we are teaching in public schools in madrid oh wow and so yeah i mean i remember a couple of months ago when it was in china and china went into lockdown it was in the news there and then it got to italy um and it was like okay wow this is getting a little bit closer to home um but i think european culture especially spain and italy are very relaxed, social, kind of easygoing, And it was just kind of like, oh yeah, no big deal. Everything will be fine. And then I think it was the first week of March Mm -hmm. that it actually reached um, Spain. It reached,
2: yeah. End of of February on the islands.
1: Oh, end of February is in the (coughs) islands. And then it reached mainland Spain the first, yeah, mainland Spain the first week of March. And it was in Madrid, which is basically the, I mean, Madrid is the capital city, but it's also uh, basically the equivalent of a state. Mm. Um, so it was in the same state as us. Um, and then it got closer and it was basically just two train stops away from the school I was teaching at. And Wait, Is
0: that how they were tracking it, by the way? Was it like that specific geographically?
1: Yeah, it was very, it was very specific. Like we knew it was in Torrejón de Ardos. Which is where I worked. (laughs) Which is where she works. Mm -hmm. And um, I was in Coslada, which is two train stops away. Got it. Um, And so I remember, you know, looking at what was happening in Italy, which is the whole, all of Northern Spain had been shut down at that point. And, you know, all of, forgive my pronunciation, Wuhan uh, yeah. in China was in total quarantine lockdown. So I, you know, when it was that close and I went into work and I was asking the principal and I was asking the other teachers, um, kind of what's the protocol? What are we, what are we doing right now? Um, what's the safety protocol? They were like, just wash your hands. Everything will be fine. I mean, and that's, I mean, of course, that's kind of like all you can do is, you know, uh, wash your hands and not touch your face. but it was like, like, and I'm thinking to myself, this is crazy. like why why isn't this being taken seriously? right? And then it was about ten days later, um, Tuesday, March 10th, okay. was the last day of school for students. So basically on Monday because
0: of what was happening. Yeah. yeah. so
1: about ten days later, the cases were just exponentially growing um we got a a notice saying we're closing down all the schools in madrid um and so we i went to work on tuesday basically said goodbye to the kids thinking maybe they'd be reopened now in retrospect i realized that was a goodbye probably for forever um unless i end up going back to spain um i mean i'm still teaching virtually so it's kind of nice to be in contact but anyways they still wanted the teachers to continue going into work. So the following day I was required to go to the school with all the other teachers, even though there were no students. And so it was very clear that the same sort of like debate and issue that we're having in the United States right now, between medical safety and economic, um, profit basically it was like very much kind of at the center of really bad decision making um because basically we think that you know the community of madrid government school system is thinking well we're paying all these teachers they still need to quote unquote go to work
0: yeah it's, um, that's been such an interesting thing to see with different municipalities and 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 Different governments, local and state or federal, you know, depending on where you are, Mm -hmm. that that push and pull of do we just shut everything down, take those precautions and the balance, like you said, of the economics, which Mm -hmm. long term benefits are not, there's no, there's no way it's, it's good to (laughs) to pick money over health but
1: yeah i think pretty quickly the teachers union wrote a letter saying this is absurd um you know you need if you're sending all the kids home it's for a reason and you need to protect your workers and we need to protect the general public as well so i think like teachers went to work uh for the next couple days as long as they didn't have kids but then it was also like crazy because we're thinking okay well If these kids don't have parents at home to take care of them, their grandparents are going to be taking care of them. And if the kids are carriers and then they're going to stay with their parents, grandparents, I'm sorry. It's just, you know, that was really frightening. And who knows, it could have been a reason for the really, really sharp rising in fatalities (laughs) that we're seeing right now where it's over 500 a day.
2: I just it, think Spain shot himself in the foot because I can't, was it really only 10 days? Because I remember every day the cases in Spain were, I think it was at least two weeks. This Every day we would read the cases were increasing in Spain. And the government was just like, it's fine. We're not worried about it. Like, that's actually almost what they said. Like, "Like we're not worried. We don't need to change school. They didn't even recommend that people social distance or like, they, they had the Madrid-Barcelona football game in Madrid, which is, like yeah, tens game. of people while there, were, while there were already, I know there are at least more than 300 cases, if not more in Madrid already. So they have that many people in close quarters. They had the, this like women's march go on and this is all as the cases are like exponentially increasing every day. And they, yeah, they, they made, to me, I just kind of couldn't believe it. And people were so relaxed because again, it's the culture, and it's mm-hmm. good because I don't think they panicked there and still haven't in the way that they have in the United States. There was never like crazy shortages in food stores or anything. But they at this
0: enough toilet time, paper is what you're saying. we like
2: were seeing what was happening in Italy, Spanish. The Spanish culture is very similar. You know, everybody touching a lot, kisses on the cheeks, going out all the time, and nothing was being done. And then all of a sudden, it exploded, and it was obvious that it was going. Yeah, so I just can't I mean and I was that's surprising to me.
1: That's one interesting thing is like it basically went from zero to a hundred. Mm-hmm. So overnight. the schools closed Tuesday the 10th. Um, teachers worked through the, the rest of that week. And then on Saturday Friday or Saturday, Saturday, we learned that the entire country was going into a state of alarm and everything shut down. Yeah. And so there was, like Rachel was saying, there wasn't this like talk of social distancing and that sort of thing. It was just everyone stay at your house. Don't leave unless you're going grocery shopping. So that's why like seeing what was happening on social media and in the States and stuff like talking about social distancing was kind. it's like a new word for us.
0: Oh, yeah coming home yeah
1: like yeah it's like a buzzword and for us it's just quarantine it yeah. was uh like literally you can't leave your apartment unless you're going grocery shopping and it just happened in a blink of an eye um and so that's why i really feel like if i mean we're seeing it in new york and i yeah, of course like we're seeing it if basically if people don't take the social distancing seriously uh then they're going to be forced to stay at home by the government and nobody wants that so it's basically like if you don't do it for yourself then somebody else is going to tell you to do it and make you do it and I, Uh, i
0: mean it what i'm what i'm seeing and it's anecdotal right i think that we need that guidance right now i mean i think that this what's happening and this is just again my own observation the coronavirus and the way to slow it down, it's clear, like staying away from people and isolating yourself so it doesn't spread, but it's a matter of self-control and self-control is like the Achilles heel of humanity. Like, otherwise everyone would be as brilliant and healthy and wealthy as they wanted to be, right? right? And so I find it fascinating from that aspect is that this is like, this is one of the hardest things to do is voluntarily make decisions for the better of others Mm -hmm. and say no to all the things that you've kind of created in your life, your social groups, your habits, where you work, how you work, you know, where you eat. I, I find it fascinating and horrifying at the same time.
1: Yeah. 100%. I mean, we both had friends in our, in the same master's program that we're doing who, you know, as soon as it was like, okay, we're, because a a couple of days before there was an official lockdown and like legally you weren't allowed to leave your apartment unless you're buying groceries and the police are stopping pedestrians asking for receipts. It's very, you know, they arrested a thousand people uh, either yesterday or today. It's being taken very seriously. You got stopped. I got stopped too, but I wasn't arrested. I was actually on the way to the grocery store. (laughs) Uh, but in like those few minutes of sunshine being outdoors. Oh my God. I mean, we're literally inside all day in an apartment that doesn't get any sunlight. Oh no. So, but anyways, but like two days before the the lockdown, the, the lockdown actually went into effect. Um, there are a lot of people who are like, Oh, maybe we should go to the beach, you know, let's get out of here. And it's just like, it's like what you're talking about. It, that self-control is the hardest thing because everybody just wants what they think is best for themselves. So to not be stuck in a city, go to a more rural place, be on the beach. And if you're a young 20-something with no symptoms, maybe you're a carrier. Maybe you're not. Yeah. But you know the whole what we kept what we were being told is don't move, don't don't travel. Querida in Casa. You know here it's hashtag Stay at Home. There hashtag Querida en Casa. Wow. So, it was funny to be on these whatsapp group chats and you know people being like come on like like what's what's going on on the beach and people are like oh yeah i'm here like it's great and then other people like no stay where you are you're gonna kill all the grandmothers out there like yeah Um, so that's exactly what you're talking about where like people are really selfish and it takes a lot of uh yeah, it takes a lot of thought and kind of humility to do the right thing. Sometimes, Rachy is one hundred percent everybody's hero when it comes to that.
2: I just felt, yeah, that's honestly why we didn't go home at first. Well, there are a lot of reasons, but I, I was like, I'm definitely not going home. I was a little, like a little self-righteous and like, I'm not going to travel right now. That's terrible. I'm not going to bring it to the United States. Um, but yeah, we can talk about why we decided to come back. But at first I was definitely very like, yeah, like I would never bring it back to the United States. I would never be a carrier. I'm just gonna stay in my apartment. Um, but circumstances did change a little bit. And so.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great segue. I mean, that was <laughs> my next question, right? Your, school closes, job like country closes. You were clearly, you know, on lockdown in an apartment. You know, I think that's kind of where we picked up the thread Alden. Yeah, was you you were telling you were talking about how you really could not
1: just wander around. Yeah, we were um, running stairs in the, apartment. <laughs> in the you're,
0: apartment.
1: You're what? Running up and down the stairs. In yeah, the exactly. That I think that was the
0: exact message I responded to. And <laughs> um, and then yeah. So what is that? The transition from we're we're gonna stay put to I think it was within 36
1: hours you were on your way home. Um, well, like we had <coughs> heard news that Spain might be closing the aerial border. Mm. Um, and what that meant in France is that, uh, like, even though travel from Europe to the United States was restricted for, uh, non-Americans, Americans were still let in. But if you're in a country where the aerial borders close, it doesn't matter what you are at is it's just can't it's can't closed that's me. what happened in peru morocco guatemala uh where the you the government the military had to go and rescue people so we were scared of being in that sort of situation and um basically for people in our program who um well before yeah before we get there we were also seeing messages from the state department yeah saying that um you know I, i'm pretty sure everybody saw this if you don't you know, basically recommending that that United States citizens come home and if you don't come home there's a chance or you have to accept the possibility of um, being out of the country indefinitely. And so... They actually
2: used those words. Yeah.
1: The, yeah. <laughs> they said, indefin- be
2: prepared to stay there indefinitely unless you come home immediately. Those are the exact words.
1: That is some <laughs> heavy, that, that is some heavy yeah, shit. Yeah. Ninth, I think that was the 19th or the 20th of March. And we'd actually bought tickets to come home on the nineteenth.
0: Hmm.
1: And then I yeah, we canceled, um, got refunded everything. But basically I was just so paralyzed, I couldn't pack. I didn't want to leave, you know. We yeah, were in yeah, yeah. a really cool program, doing really cool stuff, had plans, you know, during the summer. And so I think for it to escalate from just being basically in China, Iran, and Italy to this being a worldwide crisis within a week was just like a really uh, hard thing to kind of swallow. And yeah, like,
0: how do we process something that literally no one in living memory can relate to? Yeah. Right. I mean, again, like w- the world has been through unbelievable trauma in different ways over the last hundred years, but this is the word that everyone says, this is literally unprecedented.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I really wanted to get home, beat Muhammad the summer. You know, I knew I could stick it out for a few months in our apartment. It wasn't the end of the world. We were safe. But just the idea of like not knowing where this was going to go, because everything has been so un- unprecedented and so unexpected and so extreme that just not knowing when it was going to be resolved and when flights were going to start up again. So they did end up basically now there are no yeah. flights out of Spain to the United States. Like it did happen. And we just got back yeah. on Saturday. And within a few days, bef- by the 26th, there were no more flights. So we it the was
0: sixth today.
2: Right, yeah. exactly. It was immediate, and at the time, we didn't even know for sure if it was immediate, but again, seeing how quickly things were escalating, mm-hmm. it just seemed like it was pretty obvious that probably the school year in, in, in Spain is pretty much over, so mm-hmm. we went back to work. Although the governments and...
1: keep on saying, oh, they're closed for two weeks, and then they're like, oh, another two weeks, so you know, a bunch of people in a program were like, okay, yeah, things will be going again yeah. like early April, and we're just like, no. you sound like Trump. Like, and now no, they're saying... Not- yeah, now there's
2: maybe beginning of June. So it's looking like so again, it was like, well, then what's the point of staying and we might get stuck until I don't know September. I mean, it's hard to know. I mean, it could be fine by June. but Right. No I mean, the know.
1: Spanish government put out a statement basically around the same time the State Department, you know, called all the citizens home, um, saying that all tourists had to be out and all hotels were going to be shut down by the 26th. So we figured 26th is probably when they're going to either like close the border. I mean, I don't know. I think a lot of the flights were chartered or like kind of half paid for maybe by the government because our flights are basically empty. But anyways. Um, uh,
0: So I'm learning a, a handful. I don't know if this is true everywhere, but airlines fly routes even if planes are empty because it has to do with them having like gate priority at certain airports. Yeah. Which is, which blows my mind. I don't
2: know if they still I don't think are. that's still happening,
1: but that was happening yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it is or not, but I, I did hear that as well. Um, so
0: you canceled your 19th ticket and got refunded because you thought you weren't coming back? Yeah, we I was just like,
1: we were going back <laughs> and forth. And I was like, it honestly, in a lot of ways, like the healthcare system, the the kind of level of chill of the Spanish people the fact that all the grocery stores were open and things are close by, you know, we could walk out of our and like everything you need is right there. Um, To like seeing news about the US, people are buying just as many guns as they are, toilet paper (laughs) and, you know, just like, oh my God, is is that really where we want to go back to? And that's a good question. um, So kind of facing that reality of indefinite period and not knowing what that means um we just decided that we'd rather be close to family mm-hmm. in case we it wasn't actually kind of indefinite thing and it's looking like you know it, it would be hard to like flights between europe and the states might not be where they were until like september if not later yeah. so And then there's other people that are saying it could be a year or 18 months before things kind of like get back to some sort of equilibrium so we just didn't want to be in this like state of unknowing when we had plans to start jobs in august and rachel's a a teacher i mean we're both teachers but this girl's got three job offers she's (laughs) To d- decide tomorrow so in the US
2: yeah yeah okay. we're planning to come back to the US so we know people who stayed in Spain and a lot of them stayed in Spain because they like Spain mm-hmm. and they really planning to come back to the United States soon uh, so it makes sense I mean for right now Spain is there yeah, yeah, for sure okay with the fact that maybe they could be there next year or they were planning to be there next
0: totally year,
2: right? but a lot of people I know who have came come home are people who were expecting to come home in the summer, maybe expecting to start a new job in August. And um, yeah, so we were kind right. of in that boat. But yeah, yeah I mean, we, we saw it we,
1: as a year-long program. It was a
2: hard decision because, yeah, we almost felt safer. Like we felt safer in Spain. Just
1: that's wild, yeah.
2: In the United States, because even though Spain was being so extreme, again, that they will probably clear it faster. because yeah,
1: action. This requires Yeah, I think the quarantine is probably action. effective. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's... Look, that there's you know there's a lot of buzzwords now, but like that's that is the data point we have for flattening the curve. Yeah, right. If if everyone stayed home for two weeks, you know, we would have a much better handle right. on what was going on. Right. It wouldn't go away, but we would have a much better handle. Um, and it is it's fascinating. So it's fascinating to see different countries' responses, and then in addition, in the United States because states have so much autonomy in some respect, it's really interesting to see state-level responses because um, it's varying a lot.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think that's why it's going to take the U.S. so much longer to get through this is because not only it's such a big place, but there's so much autonomy in terms of, yeah, um, what states and counties and whatever do and cities do for themselves versus... yeah. You know, in China, you have an authoritarian regime that just told people what to do and they've gotten over it relatively quickly. And that's three or four months.
0: Yeah. And there's also, it's interesting, sort of the distinctions between Eastern and Western culture, you know, and this, this, this is a broad generalization, but in Eastern culture, there's a, there's a much stronger sense of the greater community and population. Yeah. And not, and there's not so much individualism. And in that you have, you know, a request that says to save the population, we must all stay home. And you're like, yeah, that makes sense.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's what we're going to do, you know, in the United States. And again, a big generalization, but you say you need to stay home to save the population and people are like, I don't know those people. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm going on spring break or, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go to a beer garden. And it's like, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: it's Now people are pretty receptive to it though. I know. Right. Reddit- we- people weren't necessarily, or not everybody, but...
0: I think we're a lot closer.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, so we're, I'm in Tacoma Park, Maryland, which is where my parents live. And it's, it, it, I think at times it's been considered one of the most liberal suburbs in America. And so like, people have been very diligent about crossing the street. This, like, <laughs> if you see someone walking on the sidewalk, you're crossing the street or you're walking in the street. Um, and and that's been the vibe for, since we've been out here on the, since the 16th, Mm -hmm. um, but I do think, yes, people are taking it more seriously. Also, it does take such intense coordination for 330 million people Mm -hmm. in 50 different states with some very different ideologies to sort of wrap their head around it.
1: Yeah. I mean, especially when it's not, there's not necessarily like there's cases in every state, but some case, some states and some counties, it's like this, there's no apparent issue. Yeah. But that's the problem with this. And I think there's really strong correlations with climate change too, is like, you see something around the curve and you need to take action now. Yeah. Even in Spain, they were saying, if we had taken action one week earlier, ten days earlier, which is exactly the timeline that I was talking about. Where it's like, okay, we're recognizing this is in Madrid schools. Like, what are you doing? And they're just yeah. like, oh, it'll be fine. You know, to me, it's a it's a really strong correlation to what's happening with with climate change, and um, hopefully, it'll be a wake up call in terms of like some of the actions that uh, we can take, and we we can survive without. Uh, the economy in full force. I mean, obviously, this is not easy for anybody.
0: Yeah.
1: Thirty. Per, the possibility of thirty percent unemployment is horrible. I know a lot of people that have lost jobs. Yeah. Um, I mean,
0: you you have a history of working in the service industry. Yeah. Which has been decimated.
1: Yeah, I have a lot of friends who have lost their jobs.
0: I think it was. I think was it yesterday or la- no, it was last last week. Three point three million uh jobless uh claims which is the highest number of any week in the history of tracking it
1: yeah Yeah. five times higher than the last time the record was broken
0: yeah i mean it's you know i think what's interesting and what's what's incredible like in the actual dictionary definition is that this is impacting everyone Mm -hmm. this is impacting every community you know and it's i do think in in sort of your comments on the climate there are some really big lessons that I hope we really take to heart
2: mm-hmm.
0: through this experience and that we can carry forward once we've navigated it and uh, sort of wrapped our heads around it in a sensible way. The thing that I'm worried about is that we snap back
2: yeah, to okay.
0: just how how it's always been. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so I, I totally agree. And I feel like the earth is taking a breath, breath of fresh air right now. Really yes. With the lack of with the lack of dra- cars on the road, planes, shipping, all that stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, in in Madrid, air quality has improved drastically. Madrid is some of the worst air quality in all of Spain, if not in all of Europe. And yeah. people are like, "Oh my God, the air is so much better." <laughs> the same happening in China. Yeah. Uh, in Italy, the waterways have improved so
0: much. Yeah, yeah that's the so, I saw that line in, in Venice. You can see the fish
2: thinking in india i mean the the air pollution in india is insane yeah New delhi a year ago mm-hmm. and just to imagine if they're they're going to shut it down for at least 21 days it's going to be really interesting to see how that affects air quality yeah
0: this is like a, a climatologist like not dream but like just an absolute heyday of unique data
2: yeah absolutely. yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> they're possible.
0: working around the clock right now they're like We
1: must document everything. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I think that that there's going to be a lot of good lessons from it. I mean, I think it's it's too hard to tell, like, people, this is the way that we, you know, should be living because it's not, you know, this is not for anybody. And there's a definite middle ground between grounding all flights (laughs) and let's go to the beach of bali and fly back every other you know month you know while working in san francisco like there there is a middle ground between those two places yeah Um, and i mean i i've traveled a lot and i place a really big importance on intercultural like inter uh international multicultural experiences i think it's an amazing way to learn Um, But it's also made me think twice about um, kind of how I want to live and how I want to be moving forward. I really think it is possible for us to shrink the amount that we travel and for us to shrink the amount that we're relying on goods being shipped around the world. I mean, I just saw a headline about how with food insecurity um, kind of Dawning in people's brains, victory gardens are re emerging. So people are going back to planning, um you know, gardens in the front lawns, which, you, like, it just makes sense whether there's food security or food insecurity. It's yeah. a good thing to do. Um, but, anyways, yeah, I mean, I think, like you're saying, it's giving us some good data and some good things to think about. And, um, i don't think i'm like nobody's really in a position to say like how things should be but i think that there are some inspiring things if you look at the environmental impact
0: yeah and honestly i've had i think this is my sixth or seventh conversation that's come up very consistently Mm -hmm. um, from people maybe it's because of the people i know um (laughs) and choose to talk to but it, it is something that has that has come up so I, I have a sense that we could talk for a very long time, which I love, and we will. Uh, but let's, let's leave with one more question and then we'll close out the conversation. Thinking about this sort of globally, and you, you started talking about this already, Alden, are any sort of reflections that have come out of this for the two of you, You know, given that we're sort of 26 days in, at least in your
1: experience with what's going on? Mm-hmm. um well i'll let rachel expand on this more but one thing that's kind of been coming up is how it's a uh, kind of a breath of fresh air not just for the natural environment but also for for people mm. um and so having more kind of time to self-reflect and allow allowing emotional and spiritual things to to bubble up i think is probably a good thing. We're both, uh, still working remotely and working on our master's program. So we're not, we're still pretty busy. Um, but I've been making more time for yoga and meditation and especially meditation. And I think, um, you know, whatever your thing is, it's a good time to discover that, um, reading more books. Watching more movies, um, but yeah, I don't know. Rachel's had a lot of insights, kind of like on the spiritual message behind all this.
2: Do you, yeah, were you just asking like general reflections on?
0: Yeah, what's like what's going? Like, I think it's just interesting to capture some of those stories from people. Yeah, I mean, like,
1: what are we the, thinking about uh, the two week, at least two week quarantine? It wasn't like mandated. Nobody at, when we landed said, right, "Hey, right. Need to stay." Isolate for tweaks nobody told us that which is ridiculous uh, yeah. I forget exactly where we read it but I know I heard that from like an official source maybe the world health Organization or something but
2: the yeah so we're in like a private basically like my, an Airbnb my cousin owns and it's private so we're not having any contact with anyone um but yeah I mean again just what are we talking about I mean no one can say this is a good thing right like I mean it's, there's a lot of people suffering and a lot of people are continue suffer from this. But it's in—it's more interesting from, like a, in my opinion, like a spiritual perspective. That you know, our world is just getting more and more nonstop, more and more stressful. It's putting incredible strain on the environment. We know that, but also just an incredible strain on people, right? Mm-hmm. It's this rat race, at least in a lot of like developed developed countries. And so, it's just interesting that we have this virus now that is just shut down. Right, the world as we know it. People are being forced to stay still. They're being forced to kind of maybe confront things that they wouldn't normally confront. We're being forced to take action um, involuntarily for the environment. So it's just, again, I'm, I would never say it's like a good thing because, again, there's a lot of people and a lot of communities, everybody. but it's more of just an interesting thing. It's like we don't take these small hints to make these changes in ourselves and in our world that we need to take. And then something happened that's kind of forcing us to do that. So it's more of just kind of an interesting, like coincidence, I guess. Yeah.
0: No, it's. I mean, it's like with individuals. Sometimes it takes a massive health scare right. to change yeah. your life. Exactly. And this is like the equivalent <laughs> of like a massive stroke or heart right. attack. In
1: the world. And
0: we will survive. Yeah. But we got to think seriously about the decisions that we're making and the lifestyle that we have at a global level.
1: Right. I guess what I'm what I'm like sad to see is that there's the same sort of fear and like basically like racism tactics that are being used to blame this. On like the other. So um, right. We're seeing a lot of that that rhetoric of like the Chinese virus and and placing the blame away like there is no of course you could probably blame someone somewhere but we are what rachel is pointing at is that we have so many social problems right is allowing us a chance to introspect yeah it's just it's sad to see that that introspection isn't happening in places and communities and media sources that are continuing to place blame and hate Uh, and then saying that this isn't our problem you know we don't we don't have to do anything and this i think that in a lot of places there's a chance that it is just going to go back to business as as usual and there's not going to be any talk of you know how we can transform our economy into something that works for everybody while keeping all the advantages that we have right now i mean sure, it's really hard on families to be stuck at home. Is it better for uh, some families, you know, to be spending more time with their kids? Is it good? uh, I mean, I'm just trying to like brainstorm of like, you know, maybe in certain cases, it is definitely not in all. There's a lot. There's a lot of families that struggle to put enough food on the table. And, you know, schools are an incredible kind of safe haven. And, Community builders. I don't think schools are like the number one thing to be looking to, but you know, there, this is an opportunity to transform our economy. We're looking at two trillion dollars. And, you know, I totally get it. We have to keep our economy afloat, but I think that there should be more emphasis being put on how to transform this whole situation into something that's going to be more sustainable moving into the future.
0: Yeah, we're, I think we're going to learn, we're just, we're learning so much every day, and we're going to continue to learn, and I, my sort of unsubstantiated, just anecdotal reflection is there going to be, there are going to be a big, large groups of the population that will make meaningful shifts in their life because of this, mm-hmm. and there'll be large groups also that don't make any changes, that could make changes, And then then there are going to be groups of people that don't have, that are not empowered to make any changes and can't, that have to go back to the realities of whatever their, you know, socioeconomic sort of constraints are. Right. You know, unless the policies change. So I totally agree. Um, We could talk about this forever. So we're going to talk more about it. But what we'll do now is I'll say thank you, Alden and Rachel, for being on the show. I really appreciate your perspectives and taking the time to share a little bit about your experience. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks
2: for having us.
0: And I just want to thank everyone for listening to Socially Distanced. This is your host, Adam. Stay safe. And remember, we are all more connected than we ever imagined.